And I'm sure there's Scott. a song that everybody references whenever your name is brought uh, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So Do you I know have, what song that is? I have to that bring is? this up because I have had ACDC going in my my mind all morning. <laughs> and I would sing it, but I... No, 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 no. You're listening to Who Cares About Men's Health, where we try to give you some information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of your health. I'm producer Mitch. Scott, Troy, and I are taking a little bit of a break for the next few weeks. We'll be recharging our batteries and working on some new episodes that I'm sure you're going to love. In the meantime, we've put together some best of episodes, highlighting some of the very best moments over the past 145 episodes. Wow, wow, 145 episodes. We'll share what we've learned about the core four, showcase some of our different series, and feature some of our very favorite guests. On this episode, we have our favorite nutrition specialist, Thunder Jalili. He's been a regular guest since the beginning, and his simple approach to diet is so refreshing compared to the stuff some of us guys see in magazines and on places online. I know he's completely changed my perspective on the food that I eat. So without any further ado, here is the very best of Thunder Jalili. So what is exactly healthy eating? I mean, that's a term that's kind of thrown around a lot, right? And it depends on who you talk to. Like if somebody talked to me, I'd have a whole different definition than maybe Troy, than maybe yourself, or than maybe when you go to the internet, you know, which is like, you gotta eat all protein, man. It's all paleo all the time. <laughs> no, that's that's the internet. That's my Isn't impersonation. That how yeah. That's what I do. I mean, that's my impersonation of the internet. Yeah, that's, right. Just gnawing hunks of beef yeah. all the time. Yes, exactly, yeah, I, right? I kill my own food. And <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't kill it, you should. Need it. Yeah, if you can't kill it with your with your bare hands, it should not be eaten. <laughs> so, what is what is healthy eating exactly? Is it uh, fewer microwave burritos? Is it more healthy food? I mean, what's that balance? Uh, so, I have a really simple thing that I talk to, like with a lot of the freshmen that come into my intro nutrition class. We and like simple. That's good. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. because there is so much information out there about what what is healthy and what is not. But the simplest way to look at it is if it is a whole food that is not packaged or processed, that is the healthiest form of food. So we were talking about like bananas, you know, before the podcast, like there's a great example of a, of a healthy snack. But right? on the internet, I think I saw a thing that said you should never eat bananas. This is the one food you should not eat if you're trying to lose body fat. Yes, yes. <laughs> You've yeah, seen that too. <laughs> but the microwave burritos are okay. <laughs> yeah, but bananas? Yeah. The, you know, the thing is, uh, natural foods um, tend to have less calories, less sugar, and, um, you know, less sodium than, than other foods that are processed. So if you really want to eat healthy, just try to cut out the stuff that is, that is processed and focus on natural foods. It's really not that hard. And it's not like, you know, particle physics where it's really complex. You just <laughs> go after stuff that came from a tree, came from a plant that is somehow unprocessed and try to avoid the things that are in a box. Now you can't, always do that. I understand that, but you try to minimize the stuff that came into a box or fast food. Like, you know, a few exceptions like oatmeal can come in a box or come in a bag. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. As long you as know. the ingredients say oatmeal. Oatmeal. Or yeah. Oats. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like the, <laughs> keep it simple. Keep it simple. The, the unprocessed, you know, either one minute oats or old fashioned oats, those are the way to go. Not the stuff that's, uh, in a box that has, um, Apple you know, cinnamon. Yeah, they had, because if you, it's interesting. If you actually look at one of those little paper packets of like Quaker instant oatmeal, I mean, not to, not to slam on all things Quaker, but if you look at that and you look at the amount of sugar that's in a packet, it's about 30% or more of the weight of that little paper packet is sugar. Oh, wow. 
So that means you have unbelievable. Yeah, percent at least, and and some flavors that you get have more sugar. So it depends Mm. on the flavor, right? So uh, so I you know I I tell people why don't you just buy your own oatmeal and then you can add kind of stuff that you want to it and you can control the composition of the ingredients. Right, Mm. like natural fruit. If you want to put a little natural fruit or some almonds or a little dollop of honey. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Or like peanut butter, or you can put like walnuts in there. You know, all kinds of you have all kinds of flexibility, but. And then it's actually filling because the paper packets, they're actually quite small in order to get the amount of fiber that you need. Like if you're interested in reducing your heart disease risk, you know, there's a specific amount of fiber you need. That paper packet doesn't cut it. You usually have to have at least two or three of them. Now, if you do that, you've also plowed through at least 60 grams of sugar, which is a lot. That's as much as you have in, you know, say 18 ounces of Coke, more or less. Hmm. So, I mean, that doesn't seem so healthy, but if you make your own oatmeal, you're not going to have that much sugar. So I love it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like just the whole message you're sending here is just keep it simple. Look at yes. ingredients, very simple ingredient lists, ideally stuff that's not even in a box. Yeah. And and you'll be eliminating so many of these hidden sugars, things that are just in there that we probably have no idea that, that are in there. Yeah, exactly. And we don't have an idea that they're in there because they are hidden. Mm. You know, flavored yogurt is another great example. You know, there's a lot of sugar in flavored yogurt. I mean, mm. it tastes great because it usually has, you know, a couple tablespoons of sugar. And it doesn't take much sugar to crank up those calories either. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, there is like a route between eating sugar and having that eventually be converted to LDL cholesterol. All right. So it sounds like if somebody wanted to start taking steps to watching their eating, it's just start trying to eat more natural foods Yes. and start pushing out some of those canned, processed, packaged foods. And yes. that would be a good first step. Yeah. 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 And then... You know, and, and if you're, people travel, people have jobs, people are on the road. I mean, those are the times where you maybe can't stick to what you do. So fine, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up. If you have to get processed stuff or fast food, sometimes that's the way it is. But when you're home and when you're in your regular routine and you can control it, that's when you follow it. And in reality, for most of us, that's 80% of our time. If somebody's trying to lose weight, yeah. there are so many diets out there. There are so many ways you can go. And the internet is always screaming at you, this is the best one, this is the best one, you should be eating all protein, you should eat all fat, all grapefruit. What is the best one? Yeah, that's a great question. It is it is kind of hard to decipher. Um, I will say there's a lot of uh, healthy eating option varieties on what we talked about. Um, so there's not just one diet I can pick to be perfect. I will say though about diets in general is you want to pick something you can kind of live with because to me, for me personally, it doesn't make any sense to go on this weird eating pattern that you just want to lose like 10 pounds or 20 pounds. And it's, and it's completely different than what you normally eat. And, and, and you don't really like it, but you do it to lose the weight. And as soon as you lose the weight, you know, you abandon everything. You're like, oh, good. Now I can go back to normal. You want to pick something that kind of is normal and use that healthy normal to help as one of your tools to lose weight. Now, beyond that, I think a lot of what people maybe don't appreciate is is their timing of eating in in a in an effort to lose weight and what i mean by timing is you know our bodies are engineered to have like a kind of a fed state where we're utilizing nutrients and we're building stores for the future and then have a fasting state which is basically like prevent defense you know to use a football analogy where you know we can kind of keep things going without like completely falling apart and we're meant to go back and forth between those two and, the, and we usually don't because what happens is we're always in this fed state. The typical person, you know, wakes up in the morning, 
whenever they have to wake up for work or school, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock, whatever. And then they start eating with breakfast and they have snacks and they have lunch and they have afternoon snacks and they have dinner and then they have something after dinner and then, you know, whatnot. And then it goes on till say nine or 10 o'clock at night. And then they go to bed whenever they go to bed, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12. So if you look at the totality of that, you end up having this condition where most people have some amount of food every two or three hours for 16 hours in the day from 7 a.m. until like 10 p.m. That really keeps your insulin levels up the whole day. It keeps you in this fed state the whole day. The fed state is characterized by building fat and building things. And it gives you just a limited time to be in what we call the fasting state. And so you kind of lose out on that opportunity to really get into a uh, fat burning condition, which happens after you've been food free for say, you know, 12 hours or 14 hours or 16 hours. So what I would tell people to think about is do whatever healthy eating pattern you can live with to lose weight and watch your calories if, if, if you want. Um, you don't have to restrict yourself too much, but then think about how long you are without food. And that should be a minimum of 12 hours. And if you're 14, that's even better. You know, some people do 16, that's okay too. But the point is there has to be that sustained amount of time. It doesn't have to be the exact same timing every single night. But the point is some timing. Because again, you think about, you know, what were humans like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 years ago? You know, we're like, you know, Troy and I are running around in the forest <laughs> looking for something to eat. Troy finds a squirrel and he strangles it. And that's his meal. And then, that's what excellent. I still then, do. That's my, that's, my, that's my morning routine. Where am I in this scenario? Was I, was I killed by the saber tooth you a couple got, weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, I'm no actually, longer around or what? You would sadly. not have survived 20, 30,000 years ago, Scott. I'm sorry. It's just me and Thunder. You're probably right. I, I have allergies and I'm nearsighted. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, you would not have made it. Survival of the fittest. But, but, you know, after Troy eats the squirrel, he may not get lucky and find another squirrel until the next day. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be terrible if he just basically dropped and couldn't function anymore because he had to go 20 hours without food. So we're, so our physiology is, is meant to, to keep us going, to have these alternate, you know, uh, macronutrient options that we can utilize for energy. And we have a progression we go through and starts with glycogen in the liver, and then it can go to your fat stores, but you just need enough time for that to occur. And I think that is what we miss a lot in modern society with our constant snacking. And this is, you know, it's, it's really a different way of thinking because we focus so much on what we eat and you're just saying it's more about the pattern where we're eating and having this period of fasting on a regular basis. Yeah, I would say it's just as important. I don't know if it's, it's more important, but it's just as important. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, you're right. We focus just on what we're eating and we don't pay enough attention to this. Like I, I had one of my college buddies, it's funny, we were, we were talking about a week ago and he has lost about 10 pounds recently. And he's a really fit guy. He works out, he rides bikes, you know, he's my age and, and you know, he looks great. But, but, you know, he was a little, little bit of excess fat. He lost about 10 pounds. And he said what he did is he just tried to go for this bigger period at night where he's just, you know, he's allowing himself to get into a fasting state. And, and he used to be the kind of guy who would, you know, have to have like a protein shake before bed because that's going to build muscle. You know, and, and uh, when he cut that out, he lost like 10 pounds in a fairly you wow. know, quick amount of time. And you think about it, those protein shakes, those can be 500 to 800 calories and they're going to bump up your insulin and your insulin levels will be high for, you know, a few hours and then, or at least higher than baseline. And then your glucagon won't really have a chance to get up and be sustained at a high level 
Because next thing you know it, you know, you're waking up at 6, 7 a.m. to get ready to go to work and you're having your breakfast and whatever else. So you've completely rocked my world here. <laughs> and I've got I've to untangle a few things okay. with you here mm-hmm. because um, there was a notion at one point that you should graze throughout the day, eat healthy throughout the day, you know, every three hours. So mm-hmm. I followed the zone diet for a while, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty good eating plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 40, 30, 30 nutrition. You figure out your calories based on your lean mass. It tends to be, you know, fairly healthy. Yeah. But they're saying you should eat every three to five hours and you should have a little snack before bed. You're contending maybe not the best idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with the eating three to five hours. That's fine. But as long as you work out that period at night. 14, 16 hours. Okay. Yeah. Like shoot for, and 16 is hard for some people. At least shoot for 12 to 14. All right. At least sounds like that. 12, four, yeah, 12 to 14 seems very practical. If you're it's eating at hard. six and you don't eat again until eight the next morning, you're at 14. Yeah. yeah. 14, if, 16 hours. I'm afraid that there's going to be some hunger that I'm going to deal with. And I know when I'm hungry, then I start mm-hmm. making poor decisions, like straight to the oh. cookie dough. Right. <laughs> and then that's going to give up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> like I go into crisis mode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is there a way that you would recommend to manage that or do I just need to man up? Yeah. <laughs> deal <you> with know, it. <laughs> get used yeah. to it. Yeah. You, you, you get used to it, but I'll tell you what, I, I think the hunger is not as bad as you think because, because <laughs> what, what I've noticed with... Like we said, Scott, you would not have survived 20,000 yeah, yeah, Remember ago. that thing in the, in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on, you, guys. We would, Go on, we would be using you as the decoy for the cave bear <laughs> exactly. who's after us. <laughs> wow. But, um, you know, what, what I've noticed with, with myself and with other people who, who've done, you know, this sort of approach you actually kind of feel hungry about five or six or seven hours after your meal, and then it goes away. And most of the time when I wake up in the morning, even if I was a little hungry when I went to bed, I am not hungry at all in the morning. And that's pretty common, and you get used to that. So Hmm. short answer, man up. Um, You'll you'll get through it really quick, and you'll, you'll be surprised. It won't be that bad in the morning. Here's my thing. When vegetarian food starts to try to pretend it's meat, that's when it fails in my mind. Huh. But a bean I burger is not a burger. It's a bean sandwich. To me, that's a different <laughs> thing. Why do you think men should understand macros? And what is the benefit of understanding the macros that we're putting in our body? And by macros, you're talking protein, protein carbs, carbs, fats. Fats. Yes. So I think it's important to understand macros because um, I see misconceptions about macronutrients that drive people into funny food food behavior. So in other words, like some people who will avoid certain types of vegetables or certain types of fruits because they're concerned about carbohydrates or some people that go out of their way to eat excessive amounts of animal protein because they're so concerned about getting enough protein. So the macros on their own are not harmful, but having misconceptions can really make you do funny things with your diet that may not give optimal health. And I have to admit, that's exactly part of my journey because I would have these perceptions that I needed to get a lot of protein so then a lot of my meals would revolve around, you know, four or five ounces of chicken, eliminating other things, right? Or I would think carbs are bad, so I might not eat uh, rice, which actually is rather healthy for you, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Right. So it was absolutely doing what you just said. It was kind of skewing my perception of the things that I eat. Take that to a practical level and you're thinking about, well, I need to get so much protein, so I'm going to make the center of my plate like steak or chicken or something like that. So you may end up consuming a lot of that and that kind of makes you full and you really don't have that much room left on your plate for vegetables or for fruits or for beans or for other things that have clear health benefits. And it may not be because you don't want to eat them, but because you've already eaten so much of the 
of the meat that you just don't have that much room left. So that's kind of what I see, you know, macronutrient misconceptions leading to. Uh, so back to Dr. Madsen's question here, how much protein does a person really need and are we getting enough or are we getting too much? Yeah, great question again. And that's really dependent on the individual. And why don't we pick on Troy and use him as an example? Please, that's so, what I'm here for. Troy, how much yes. do you weigh? You get to share it with all the listeners. So I, Scott, do you know how much I weigh? Well, no, I was going to jump in. I know the answer. Scott knows. I know. <laughs> He's 157. I 155. <laughs> How did you know that? Have I, we talked about this? Yeah, I used to work at a carnival. You know, the guy that would guess <laughs> really weights. So How I was, old am I? <laughs> that was another, When's his birthday? That, was, was, another, birthday? that yeah. was another guy's game. No, that was another guy. You're good yeah. at the weight. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty good. Yeah, I, I stay right about 155. Okay. So when you ask this question, is it amount that you weigh or amount of lean tissue that you have? Yeah, it's a loaded question. Um, for If you have a healthy body weight, you go with the amount that the person weighs. If the person is uh, okay. very overweight, then we may have to consider, you know, a different calculation. All right. But since Troy is in great shape and he's lean, uh, we're going to go with his body weight of 155. And we need to do a little bit of math. Um, we'd have to convert his body weight into kilograms. So we got to divide 155 by 2.2. 2. Mm. And while you're doing Quick math, that, Scott... Scott. Troy, I'm going to ask you, how would you characterize your activity level? Do you think you're um, somewhat, you know, normal activity, kind of borderline sedentary, or do you make an effort to exercise and be active on a daily basis? I exercise and I'm active. Okay. So for someone who uh, exercises, um, not like an elite level athlete, but they exercise, say, you know, five days a week and they're semi-active, then we'd probably think that they're going to need one to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Okay. So once we get his weight in kilograms, so which we have at 70, low. we would just multiply it by, you know, say one, and that would give you 70 grams. If okay. you want to have a range, like on your sedentary days, maybe you would need 0.8 times 70, which is 56 grams. I do my math right. Or on an active day, you'd do 1.2 times 70 and... And uh, what does that come out? 84? So 84. Oh, that's so super that's low. your range. And you know, it's, that's all you it's need. It's always like that. Most people need less protein than yeah. they actually think. So if, if I have, you know, like a, like a university student who um, plays tennis or is on a ski team or is a basketball player, you know, on like the University of Utah team and they're always working out and they're very active, you know, maybe I would put them at around 1.5 or 1.7 grams of protein per kilogram body weight and you'd come up with a you know, level like, like was recommended for you, Scott. But for us as, you know, regular guys who exercise and recreate for fun, you know, we just don't need that much. Hmm. Even that 1.5 only puts Troy at 105 grams. Correct. So still nowhere near the number that I thought I needed to get. Yeah. That changes a lot in my life. Wow. Yeah. But just to reiterate, even if I'm super active, you're talking like you're, you're super athletes, high performing athletes, even in those cases, someone like myself with my weight, even in those cases, it's only like up to 105 grams of protein a day that you're recommending. That's all you yeah. need. Or if you're a triathlete, 70 kilograms, you're a triathlete, so you're training like crazy, um, maybe you need two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. It's 140 grams of protein. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And yeah. that's even questionable. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, again... You, you look at the amount in most meat products, if you're eating a lot of meat, you're probably well over that every day. Yeah, yeah. I want to have producer Mitch step in. We were talking about the number of grams of protein we we're eating. At one point, Mitch, this is what happens when you go onto the internet <laughs> and you decide you want to be all ripped. 
you end up eating 200 grams of protein a day. That's fantastic. 200 grams a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's heroic. Uh, What was that like? Um, hi, I'm Mitch, and apparently I don't know how to care about my health. Um, so, <laughs> That's all right, Mitch. So uh, last summer we were going to be, uh, me and my partner were going to be on camera on a documentary, and we're like, ah, we better get tight, you know, we better put some muscle on. And one of the calculations that we found online, it stuck me around 1.8 to 2 grams per pound, not per lean pound. body mass. Yeah, and wow. so I was at over 200 grams of protein a day I was trying to get with as low a carbohydrates as possible. And that was... Wow. And how'd you feel? Uh, miserable every day. <laughs> I mean, you wake up and it's like, I need to eat six eggs this morning, or I need to eat two giant, you know, I need to eat three or four giant hunks of chicken breast three or to four times a day. You're wow. literally choking that down. Yeah. And protein <laughs> shakes too. Yeah. Your body is just like, I can't swallow this anymore. And there were protein shakes I was trying to do. And it was just... How was your energy? I was pretty tired. <laughs> just I was I was wearing out. I mean, and we were trying to do doubles and work out as hard as we could. And again, I and this is starting from zero too. I understand, but but we went online and there are all these people on Reddit <laughs> that you know they're posting their pictures and these dudes just get yoked in like six months and all it took was caring about their macros. And so anyway, so that's it, a huge amount. So you're almost at four times the recommended amount of protein if you were at one point eight to two per pound. Yeah. So if we, if we doubling what you really should have been eating. Mitch comes into your office and tells you that. What do you tell him? Well, I'll tell him he can be happier and save some money <laughs> if he cuts his protein in half. And I don't really see any downside. All right. Yeah. So some of the noise you hear, carbs are fattening, low-carb diets are healthier, bread, pasta, rice is bad, fruit has sugar in it, and that's bad. I mean, the list goes yeah. on and on. Thunder, as a nutritionist, when I say carbs to you, what do you think about I actually think of carbs in two categories. I think of uh, carbs that are natural, that come from uh, plant products, and I think of carbs that are refined and added in the food processing. And do you find that people tend to think of bread and pasta and rice and sugar as carbs when people talk about carbs? Do they kind of have one idea over the other? Yeah, to me, it seems like most people, when they talk about carbs, they talk about the, the processed carbohydrates that are out there. Like you mentioned, breads and rice and pasta and any kind of added sugar that's in foods. Uh, I think sometimes people forget that there's carbohydrates in plant products. Uh, Like if you have beans or if you have any kind of fruit, um, many kinds of vegetables like carrots, you know, they have carbohydrates. And I think we, we tend to diminish that a little bit, but those are, you know, the kind of carbohydrates that we need to be seeking out. Immediately, you know, your first response was, I think of carbs as good carbs and bad carbs. Um, I don't know if he said that. Do you think it was good? I I don't know if I said good or bad. I guess that's how I interpreted it. You you were like the carbs in foods and then you were like the carbs that are added to stuff. So you don't think of those as good and bad. You think they're all kind of the same or do you break them down into good and bad carbs in your mind? For what it's worth, I thought this, I think the same. uh, I think we, uh, I guess that's what I heard. Many of us process carbs as good and bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And well, okay. So I would agree with you in the sense that I look at uh, carbohydrates that come from natural unprocessed sources. Uh, as more, quote, good, and the carbs that are added in any kind of refining process as bad. And a super simple example is look at, you know, any kind of soft drink. It has carbohydrates in it, but it's, you know, what we would consider a bad carbohydrate because you're just adding a sugar. You're adding high fructose corn syrup versus, you know, the carbohydrates you may find in a piece of multigrain bread. Uh, that's made with unrefined flour or perhaps carbohydrate that's that's in a sweet potato. Uh, so those are those are different. 
So it sounds like really in your mind, you're breaking it down like, okay, yeah, these are kind of the same thing, but you're getting a whole lot more good stuff with these carbs than you are with these carbs. You are, you're getting a whole lot more good stuff and probably your dosage is a lot lower too. I think that's the other thing that people sometimes forget about when you look at carbohydrates from a natural source versus an added source. So when you have a typical soft drink, so, you know, we buy 12 ounce cans. Most people actually don't have a 12 ounces of soft drink. They'll get something bigger, whether they get it at a fast food place where they may be getting, you know, 24 ounces or 36 ounces. So they're getting a big dosage. They may be getting a hundred grams or more of sugar from that, maybe 120 grams if it's a big enough drink. You compare that against apples or going back to our sweet potato example, it's going to be, you know, less than what you had in the large soft drink. And it'll be in a matrix that's packed with fiber and other things. So the digestion and absorption is slower. So it's easy to get too much carbs from processed foods because the dosage is higher. For me to get the equivalent dosage, I may have to eat a lot of sweet potato, or I may have to eat five apples or something. Most people don't sit down and plow through five apples that's equivalent in carbohydrate to a Coke. So here's something one of my students told me, I'll share with you guys, I, I kind of liked it. When you're thinking about carbohydrates and you're in the grocery store, all the stuff on the edges of the grocery store tend to be better than the things in the middle of the grocery store. And mm. I thought about that and I thought, hey, you know, he's right. Cause like all the cookies and chips and refined stuff tends to be in the middle in the boxes and all the, like the produce tends to be at the edges of the grocery store. So, so your shopping mantra should be live on the fringe, live on, live on the fringe, <laughs> live yeah. on the fringe. The closer it is to, uh, to the plant that it came from, the better that carbohydrate is. That's the bottom line. Really, it should be the easiest show of the season. If you believe what the internet says, cause the internet says fat is evil. Fat will make you fat. It increases your cholesterol. It causes heart disease. You should need it. You should go get the low fat and fat free foods instead. But that might not necessarily be the truth. So, all right. Um, I want you to pretend you're looking out because I know I know you teach yeah. as well. Um, and and you see your student Scott in the middle of one yeah. of the rows. Is he on his phone again? No, he's not. But he's he's like saturated poly saturated. Make it simple. <laughs> <laughs> what's good and what's bad? That's yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard to say what's good and what's bad because a lot of the effects of fat are going to depend on the context of what you're eating in general. Take saturated fat, for example. So if you look at ground beef, which is a source of saturated fat, okay, most people say, you know, hamburgers have saturated fat. True. So there's different kinds of saturated fat in there. There's one kind that has been shown experimentally that it could raise your LDL. Uh, it could also raise your HDL, which is good. But there's another kind of saturated fat in that same ground beef that doesn't raise your LDL at all. So it's kind of hard <laughs> to say this is all good, this is all evil because of those subtle differences. Okay, now having said that, if to make the simple version, the fats you get from plants tend to be more healthy. Okay, the fats we get from animals tend to be more unhealthy. Um, and especially when it's in the context of fast food, right? So the same saturated fat that's in fast food, if I have a little bit of it and it's maybe as part, you know, as part of meat or chicken and there's a lot of vegetables that I'm eating with it, may not be a bad thing. But then when I take that fat and I put it like in a, you know, supersized meal, now it's with all this other stuff that as a package can make it bad. So I guess two rules. <laughs> Let me try to summarize this simply. Fat that's in its natural state with unprocessed foods is not that bad. And when we take saturated fat and we put it in the context of processed foods, 
right? So think bacon, think fast food, stuff like that. That that is bad. So that's the simple version of it. But what about this? That when I eat a lot of fat, it's going to make me fat. Is that true? That is not necessarily true. Kind of depends on um, how long you're eating and how much you're eating, but generally not true. All right. One of the dangers when you're eating is uh, hidden sugars. So we've talked about sugars, refined sugars, how it's easy to eat a lot of them, which gets you a lot of calories, which then could cause you to gain weight. Plus, there's also other negative health benefits around uh, those types of added sugars to foods. So we're going to play a little game called How Much Hidden Sugar? And Thunder has come in with five different food choices. And Troy, you and I are going to try to guess how much hidden sugar is in these food items that many people might consider healthy. Yeah, and these are pretty much all food items that I eat and I consider healthy. So I'm really curious what we're going to find on these. All right, so how much hidden sugar, Thunder? What are we going to start with here? We're going to start with something that most people consume every day, and that is bread. So if you think about your typical slice of grocery store white bread. Added sugar. I've never thought of added sugar in bread. Nope, and if someone either. asked me, I'd say no. There's I, no added sugar. I would have said no as well. So I'm going to say, now that we're asking the question, in two slices, I'm going to say four grams then. One teaspoonful. I'm going to say one in each. So I'm going to go eight grams. Two teaspoons. Okay. We're, we're closer to Troy. It's actually three grams, which is about a teaspoon. Oh, a little less than a teaspoon. Hmm. Still, I'm surprised. Like I said, because we're doing this, I assume there's hidden sugar. If you'd asked me prior to this, I would have said no. Number two, uh, the game is called How Much Hidden Sugar? What's your second one? So uh, this is uh, in honor of Troy because he is a top <laughs> fan. Oh, we can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> How much hidden sugar in a <laughs> bean burrito? Can we say top We could beep it out. Okay. But every time you say I have to hit the beat button. So if we could stop now, that would be great. We'll just say I'm a fast food Mexican restaurant, very popular Mexican restaurant fan. Okay. It is one of my favorite places to go <laughs> if I am going out for fast food. And right. I consider it a healthy option compared to other fast food. Okay. So a bean burrito a bean from burrito this particular at this establishment. Particular establishment. I would, prior to this, I would have said none. Again, kind of like the bread thing. I just, I don't think of it as having sugar. I think of it as relatively healthy. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't think inside it's got beans. It's got beans. Right, cheese. It's got cheese lettuce. and that's it. No. Oh, no it's lettuce. bean and cheese. It's very simple. You got the tortilla, so there's probably some sugar, hidden sugar in that. Okay. Maybe that's where there's hidden sugar. Yeah. All right. So again, I'm going to go with the bread answer, and it was three grams and two slices of bread. So I'm going to say two grams because we're talking about just one tortilla. My strategy is to always <laughs> double what you say. <laughs> I'm going to say four grams. You double okay, my okay. number. You guys are both close. It's right in the middle. Three grams. <laughs> three grams again. The it's question three grams. I, would I would ask is, do you just eat one bean burrito or more than one? Oh, it's at least two. Okay. It's okay. at least two. Yeah. So there I'm getting six they're not grams. Big. They're not super big. Yeah, you got to get two. So, so right there, you're at six grams, one teaspoon and a half at that point. Yeah, yeah. Number three, everyone's uh, favorite healthy snack, yogurt. So how about a flavored yogurt, like a uh, strawberry flavor, oh, blueberry mm, flavored yogurt good. that we all like to buy? Yeah, and it's healthy. You would one, assume. One would it's assume. Yogurt. I'm going to say yogurt. I'm going to say there's um, three teaspoons of added sugar. So how many grams is that? That would be 12 grams. Oh, I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to say there's five teaspoons of added sugar in that little ah, cup. 20 grams? I was going to say 10. So I guess we're sticking with our grams. pattern. You're going double. I was just going to say 10, so you're saying 20. Okay, the correct answer is actually 10 grams well, of added 10 sugar. Grams. Okay. Now, 
you know, it's going to vary depending on what kind of yogurt you get, what is flavored with vanilla yogurt, like typically has a lot of sugar or honey flavored yogurt has a lot. Um, but 10 grams, that is two and a half teaspoons. Yeah. And so one thing of in one a thing. small yeah. container. Yeah. So again, visually image, visually imagine yourself going over to the, the white sugar container in your kitchen, yeah. taking one, taking, taking one. two and, and a half, and a half yeah. into that little small cup and mixing that in. Like you would never think of doing that. Right. Yeah. Most people, if they put a teaspoon of sugar in like a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, they're thinking, you know, oh, that's a lot of sugar. Okay, number four, another um, uh, supposedly healthy food. Uh, you guys know the uh, uh, the instant oatmeal packets that come in the paper right. packets. You just add water and you got a healthy breakfast. Yeah, oatmeal's yeah. great for your health. Yep. You got that good uh, soluble fiber in there, good for your heart, right? Yep. So perfect. Exactly. Right. So, so think about that paper packet. It doesn't matter what flavor you like, apple, cinnamon, you know, um, maple, whatever flavor. Uh, they're all be about flavored. the same amount of sugar. So how much do you think that has? I'm going to go again with the yogurt, and I'm going to say it's 10 grams. I'm going to go um, six grams, so one and a half teaspoons. Okay. You should have fell back on your strategy of just oh, doubling. No. <laughs> so 20 it grams? 18 grams. 18 That's grams. Insane. So you're talking uh, four and a half teaspoons of sugar in one of those little paper packets of oatmeal. That's now, insane. Do we really just eat one of those for breakfast? Because they're pretty small. Yeah. A lot of times, like, people eat two. Right. So wow. now you're doubling that. You're at 36 grams of sugar. So that's nine and teaspoons. And you're looking at nine teaspoons of sugar. So nine teaspoons. That's my breakfast. Just eating, nine, eating some yeah. sugar. All Just right. put that's nine crazy. teaspoons in a bowl and go crazy. Just as well wow. go get those sugar smacks. I, I mean, know. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I think those have like six grams of sugar. Yeah? Yeah. So there's less. less grams. There are less grams of sugar in sugar smacks than there are in flavored oatmeal. Correct. Right. All right. How much hidden sugar number five? Okay. Uh, energy bars. Everyone loves to have energy bars. They're quick oh, snacks. Yeah. You use it when you're, you know, exercising or you're in between meals. So think of a typical energy bar you like. Yeah. And this is something I used to consume on a regular basis. And then I looked at the amount of sugar in it and I said, wow, I can't believe it. I'm going to say 15 yeah. grams. Okay, good guess. So four, eight, 12. So just about four teaspoons of sugar. Yeah, four teaspoons in one bar. I have heard some people say that these things are just about as bad as a candy bar. I'm going to go with um, six teaspoons. So 24, ooh, 24 grams. grams. You guys both underestimated. The are one that kidding? we looked up has 31.6 grams of added kidding. sugar. Hey! Yeah. That's wow. insane. That's a and lot. This, this is That's a, a lot. This is not just some nine, random nine teaspoons. energy bar you looked up. This is a brand name, very common energy Correct. bar brand that name. I have consumed on a regular basis. First I, name, pretty close to the beginning of the alphabet. Most people out there have had this bar at one time or another. Again, not all of them are going to have this much, but uh, most energy bars do have a pretty substantial amount of added sugar. So 31 grams. 31 grams. And that is our winner yeah. for the that is most our winner. sugar that's our winner. of everything we've talked okay. about. That's, one, that's crazy. One other thing I wanted to add to this. So we talked about white bread, bean burrito, a flavored yogurt, a flavored oatmeal, a bar. It's entirely possible somebody <laughs> would eat all of these foods in one day. Because yeah. none of them seem to be too outrageous. Yeah, right. so let's, let's add yeah. that up. 66 grams of added sugar. Which is how many teasspoons? 16 teaspoons teaspoon of added sugar. That is, that is a lot. 16 and a half. Yeah, That's I mean, crazy. again, imagine yeah. going to the deal of sugar and just, just throughout the day doing 16 of those yeah. teaspoons. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great point. I looked up how much um, added sugar that you should have. And according to the American Heart Association, they say men should only have nine teaspoons or 150 calories worth in a day. 
Right. And we just had these five foods that we thought were fairly healthy, and they actually added up to 66. If you liked anything you heard on today's Best Of episode and want to hear more, a list of episodes featured today is in the show notes. And if you have any questions for specialists or have a story to share, don't hesitate to message us via email at hello at thescoperadio.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for caring about men's health.